Baptist Church Victoria podcast. Today's sermon was recorded live Sunday, June 18, 2023 by Pastor Ben Rosenberg. Alright, Malachi, I just want to say happy Father's Day to everybody, okay? If you don't know, I'll tell you for the 500th time, my dad is my hero. I, did, I was not raised by, I was, but I, my dad is the reason I am who I am, okay? My dad's everything to me. So I, I appreciate all you fathers, you matter. We're in a culture that says fathers don't matter, and I'm here to say fathers are so important, okay? They, they, they play that role that matters. So Malachi chapter 1, let's open up to Malachi. We're going to finish... I didn't finish my sermon when I last preached, but we're going to finish it today. So, verse 6 says this, a son honors his father. Today's a good day to stop and say, do you honor your father? Do you honor your father? Obviously, God's going to start talking about him as your father, which says something too. Honor God, but do you honor your father? But he's saying, this is as an obvious statement. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name, but you say, Who have we despised? How, how, how have we despised your name? By, polluted, uh, by offering polluted food upon my, offer, up my altar. You, but you say, How have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those who are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the the favor of God, and he may be gracious to you. With, With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that we were one among you who would shut the door, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. Can I, can I just ask, does that bother you? God is making a claim that he is our father. Right? My wife taught me this better than anybody else because I had a father. My father's my hero. He taught me that God is her father even if she didn't have a father. Does it bother you when God says, oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. Does that bother us? What does God think about our country? You know, I just saw 
a Facebook message yesterday. What would Paul say to America? What letter would he write to America? We're pretty far off. Y'all know that, right? Where does the change happen? Why are we expecting change when we're not changing? Church, God is going to change because we change. We care. We do something. You matter. We matter. I'm tired of being told. I'm tired of hearing we can't go anywhere. There's no answer. There is answers. Fight. Be courageous. Be the change. It doesn't have to stay the same. Stop accepting what is. God says, I am not pleased with your offering. That should break our hearts. I'm just speaking from God's side. And if it doesn't break our hearts, that God's unpleased with our offering, it says something about us. My biggest complaint about Americans, let me say it. I'm just going to say it. I'm getting in rough territory. (laughs) It's lack of appreciation for all that God has given us. We don't know how to appreciate the blessed lives we have. And so we figure out how to create chaos because we don't know how to just say, thank you, God. Thank you for the blessings you've given me. I don't deserve any of this, but thank you. Amen? Amen. How is God pleased when we're not thankful? And we are the most blessed of people. I've lived in the slums, third largest slum in the entire world. I've lived in India. I've lived in poverty. I've lived in nice stuff. I learned. I saw real quick. Happiness does not depend on wealth. There's some, so many people overseas who are in poverty happier than people like us who have a lot. Okay? Happiness is not dependent on money. When we have all that God could possibly give us, we need to say thank you. Thank you. And God is going to bless you and God is pleased by us saying, God, thank you. Thank you for all that I have because I don't deserve anything. Right? We don't deserve anything. So I, don't, I just want to pause and I want to say that to you. Uh, it stands out to me. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. I will not accept an offering from your hand. That also says God doesn't want you to just halfway it. Can I say that as a Christian? He doesn't want your halfway offer. He he doesn't want that. He knows you. He knows what you can give. God knows the difference between an all-out person and a lukewarm person. Okay? God knows. Who are we trying to please? Why Why do we care about man? has no say on our eternity. Amen? It's never going to make sense to me. Go all in, or what's the point? Because there is no point in the in-between. God does not accept that offering. 
He's displeased by the in-between. So we might as well get our heart set on all in. Do your best. Fail a lot. I mean, God tells us David was a man after my own heart who was a murderer. Right? He had adultery. We could go down the list of the sins of the great people of the Bible. Right? And God said, but they loved me. So God seems to be okay with sinners. But he knows the difference between you love me or you don't. Church, the question I'm asking you is, do you love God? Or are we just going through motions? I'm a pastor. I live in people filled with motions. We just do stuff because we're supposed to. And the question is, why? Why are you supposed to do this, that, whatever? Do you love God? See, God knows. I don't, I'm asking that question. When's the last time you spent five minutes, ten minutes, and just got on your knees and said, thank you, God. Thank you for every day I have. I don't deserve any of this. When's the last time we've done that? We're very ungrateful people, and we need to be grateful and thank God. And we need to see our country as it is. It's falling apart because God's not at the center. And who's supposed to change it? God's called us to make that change. Amen? I don't look at God and say, where are you, God? I look at us and say, where are we? He, he's rode us into this story. And God wants to use us to do incredible things. But do we love him? Because if we love him, we will change the world. The lowest among us who thinks I can't do anything, God will use you to change the world. He has proven over and over in Scripture. You pick Saul, I pick David. <laughs> you think this is the mighty one? God's like, not nah, this one. But why does he do that? Because this other person loved God. So if I say nothing today, which I'm going to say a lot, if I say nothing today, but do you love God? Take that home with you. Think about it. When's the last time? We've got on our knees and we've said, thank you for all that I have. I don't have anything apart from you, God. When's the last time we've said thank you? It's amazing how when we're grateful, we, we find contentment. God fills us with love. God fills us with what we need to, to sustain and keep going. When we are content and we say, God, thank you. So don't be bitter. Don't be mad. Don't... Whatever that is, go to God with that too. There's a whole book called Lamentations, right? Complaints to God. He can take it. But my, my, my thought to you today, do you love God? Do we love God? Why are we doing this? Love God. I love God. He goes on to say this, verse 10. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the door. Sorry, verse 11. From the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. 
For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it. When you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food may be despised. But you say, Where, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick. And this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. What did God just say? Did you read what I read? Once again, God is saying, you know what you have to offer. You know. Folks, you know. There's a Malachi. Everyone says, that's the, that's the Bible you know, version of tithing. You're going to, as a pastor, stand up and tell everybody to tithe. No, no, I'm going to tell you to cheerfully give. <laughs> I'm not doing the tithe. That's between you and God. Giving is between you and God. And give cheerfully. Be happy. And God is saying here, I know what you actually can give. And when you don't give what you can give, I know. Who are we trying to please? Man doesn't matter. We think, we think man matters. I promise man's going to fail you. He's going to... It's going to fail you, fail you, fail you, fail you. Man doesn't matter. God, do you love God? He knows the truth. Who are you trying to hide? Right? So I say that to you because here it is again. You vow this and you give opposite. Why would somebody vow to God Almighty and give the opposite of what he told God I'm going to give? Because he wants what approval? Man, religion, religious people, there's a status that comes with religion. There shouldn't be, but there is. God knows. Who are you trying to appease? Who are you trying to please? Live your life. I promise you, live your life for God. Live for his approval. You can't hide anything from God Almighty. And he knows every motivation. God knows. Amen? There's either a God there isn't, people. He's either real or he isn't. And if he's real, I hope you go all in. Because it doesn't make sense to be a lukewarm Christian. The in-between, it's no, no benefit to anybody. With a God who just says what he just said in Malachi, I know the offering you could give but I also know what you gave and I'm displeased by it I'm not okay with you thinking I don't deserve the best it according to God's word God is saying I see it I can tell the difference between a cheerful giver who gives out of the best to the one that matters most and someone who just does it to appease, to please people. Can I, can I tell you something as a pastor? I don't know what anybody gives. 
I've made that known. You can talk to our treasurer right here, Kathy Joe. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. I don't know, and I don't care. You're all the same to me. You're walking in wanting to encounter God just like me. I don't need to know. The beginning of who gives what is the beginning of politics, and I don't care. I serve God Almighty. Okay? So just so you know, I don't know what you give, and I don't know what you don't give. I don't need to know. It's none of my business. Because that's between you and God. Okay? I just want to get that out there. Chapter 2. Oh now, oh priest. If, again, I said it last time. Trust me, Malachi is going to go hard at the priest. The pastors are the number one problem in God's eyes. So that applies to our country. Oh now, oh priest, the command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offering and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I give them, I give them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in all of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. Did you read those last two verses? That's what a priest, that's what a pastor's supposed to be. Feared his name, preached the truth. Your word says what your word says. I covenanted to obey this. Peace and uprightness. And he turned many from iniquity. Y'all do recognize, like I do in our country, there's a lot of pastors not turning people from iniquity. We're calling iniquity no longer iniquity. Iniquity, you can just say, is sin. Pastors are supposed to preach God's holy word. And there's a lot of iniquity. And if a pastor will not speak about iniquity, they're not God's voice person. God's not using them. God cannot use a person unwilling to speak his word. As a pastor, I stand before you. Don't listen to what I have to say. Read scripture with me. I am not better than you. I'm no powerful than you. None of that. I just have his word and I'm committed to it. And I have a calling. I remember to this day in ninth grade, God said, I've called you to myself. And I said, yes. I read his word. A pastor is supposed to offend people. I don't know what you've come. I don't know. I'm just good. Why I like just reading through a book of the Bible is whatever's next is whatever is next. Okay? I'm taking it and I'm digesting it just like you. We're on the same page. 
God's almighty word, and we're humans. I just so happen to have a role that God said, speak for me. Okay? I say that to you because that breaks my heart because I live in a country that Christian... I was told as a young person, this is a Christian nation. And I kept saying, how? Why? I studied the Bible, and as I learned more about the Bible, I was like, what? This country is not a Christian nation. In fact, if you go to India, if you go to Africa, they're going to say, we import the worst, the worst stuff. We are hurting their good culture of elders are respected. We destroy their cultures with what we import. That's what they'll tell you. We're not a Christian nation. Christianity has reigned in our country. And it needs, we need to fight again. That's what I have to say to you. We need to fight again. Because you're going to see all your constitutional rights. They're all going to go away. We're probably living in a, Justin, hey, we're living in a five, ten year gap between What's going to happen for Christians and churches? We don't know. If anyone's honest with you, we don't know. Okay? It, but we need, we need to understand that whomever you're going to go to for guidance and truth needs to preach the Bible. And don't worry about what they're saying might offend you. They're not, they're not the one telling you you're a sinner. God's word is. God is. I, 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 do you want truth or don't you? I want truth. I don't want to be lied to. I don't want a version of Christianity. I want the truth. And I want to stomach it. I want to figure it out. I want to go with it. That's what I want. Do you? Church, do you? So he's calling out me. <laughs> he's calling out pastors. God is most unpleased with the people he's called to lead. And for whatever reason, the pastors he's called have chosen to do something different. Greed, money, pleasing people, politics, I don't know. I don't know. Okay? I'm one man. God's word needs to be preached. And whatever it says, take it as God's word. Because that's actually my job, is to proclaim God's word. Amen? Okay. Verse 7. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. For he's the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts, And so I make you despised and abased before all the people inasmuch as you do not keep my ways but show partiality in your instruction. To be clear, if you're offended, this is for pastors. This this part is for pastors. But I want to say, don't accept pastors not being pastors. A pastor's job is to proclaim God's word, God's instruction, points you towards righteousness. Pastors are, they're flawed, they're failed. They have all the problems of anybody else.
but the word better be pure. Whatever's being preached needs to be, this is what God's word says. Because you need to wrestle with God. Your belief is with God or not God. Okay? That's how I live my life. Either he's real or he's not. And if he's real, I'm going all in. If he's not, what am I doing? (laughs) Amen? So, that being said, last time we talked about, we spent the majority of our time talking about Malachi 1.6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you. Priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? Honor. Last time we talked about honor. Do we honor God? Today I'm reattaching a conversation of honor, but I'm doing it in a different way. Why do we care about what everyone else says, what everyone else thinks? It's between you and God. God knows. From your giving, to your life, to your true pursuit of Him, God knows all of it. There's no reason to live for man. There's no reason to live for politics. There's no reason. Live for Him. Honor Him. Do it for Him. God will take care of you. Do it for Him. You're going to be in the crosshairs of a lot of people. You just will. But do it for Him. Amen? So, that's last week's conversation. The question was, why don't we fear God? I mean, good night. He, he, you're going to die one day, and you're going to go wherever God decides, right? How in control of our lives are we actually? We're not in control. You're not in control of tomorrow, next week, next month. So Why? Why do we treat God with a lack of fear? Why have we made God this comfortable thing that is just grace versus his number one attribute in the entire Bible, holy? Holy. Holy cannot be with sinful. That's what the gospel is all about. The gospel is about a holy God not being able to be with sinfulness. And we don't want to hear about sin. Yet that's the number one issue. The entire Bible is a story about how God gives us a way to deal with our sinfulness, to find Him again. That's the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is ultimately God intersecting with our sin And unlike Satan and demons, God made a way for me and you. And it required his very life. And if you think God doesn't care about his, I mean, he offered his life in exchange for your sinfulness. How that doesn't motivate us says to me, what are we doing on Sunday mornings? What, What are we here for? God is either real or he's not. And if he is real, then we should ask questions like Malachi says, where is my honor? Where is my fear? Priests who despise my name. 
Why do we accept priests who despise my name? It's not okay. Okay? And it's both sides. It's priests, pastors, who get caught up with whatever their version of what their life is supposed to be versus honoring God. And it's us who want the pastor to be something he's not supposed to be. It's both ways, okay? And it's not okay. Everyone needs to be on the same agreement. Honor God. Fear God. Give him what he's owed. Don't vow something you're not going to actually give. Do it for God's sake. Don't do anything that you do for the sake of people. Do it for God. He'll honor it. And we will be a healthy church because we aren't doing it for man. We're doing it to serve God Almighty. And it translates. Amen? Okay. So we talked about that. We, we continued to have a discussion and we talked about actually what Malachi should be known for. 50% of the phrase Lord of hosts comes from Malachi of the entire Bible. Okay? So the actual percentage is 43.6% of all the verses in, in regards to the phrase Lord of hosts for whatever reason God wanted it to be in Malachi. Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts. God wants you to know there's an army that he is in control of, of angels. In Baptist circles, we're kind of weird about spiritual stuff, and I'm not okay with that because I don't even claim to be Baptist. I'm a disciple, okay? Angels are real. Demons are real. Supernatural things happen. We don't believe enough. We don't have faith enough. We don't take the scriptures that says pray for healing serious. So we don't see as much of what God might do if we trusted him. But we don't have faith. We're fearful of the spiritual stuff. He's a God of hosts. Lord of hosts. They serve him. And there's armies Jesus literally said when they, you know, that Peter cutting off the ear and all that situation, Jesus literally said, I could have legions of armies come down right now, but I'm not going to do it. That was his way of saying, if I wanted to just stop this situation, I could do it like that. But I'm supposed to go to the cross and I'm going to follow my father's will. Amen. So does that bring a healthy awe of God? Fear? But I don't like the word fear. It's awe. It's like when you look at a mountain and you're like, I'm so small. <laughs> I, I, I'm so insignificant. Like when I, when I look at a mountain, my dad brought me to Colorado Springs and I got to see my brother who was in the army and I got to go see mountains. Mountains do it for me. I walk away thinking, I'm so small. I'm not that important. I don't matter that much. <laughs> I think I do, but I don't. Right? That's the kind of all that all of us need to have towards God. Because he could call down a legion of armies, if he wanted, of angels like that. He, and I, I believe if you embrace the reality that there are angels and demons, 
you will see more angels and demons in your practical lives. So I don't want to go any further with that, but I simply can tell you, I've seen demons, I've seen angels. Believe, you'll see. Have the right spiritual lenses. But church, the last thing I want to say to you, the last things I want to say to you is this. We need to have a majestic reverence for God. Okay? That's what I'm after. I just want you to be reminded God is worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your worship. He's worthy of something authentic, not fake, and God already knows. Right? We play games religion-wise. We don't need to. We shouldn't because the only one that matters is God. And what do we want? And we do what? And God addresses this. Bring to the altar animals with mange and broken legs that we humans don't even want. Don't do that. Don't give God your junk time. You know what I mean by that? When do you, when do you pray? Do you have a time of prayer? A devoted time of prayer. Is it junk time or is it important time? You know, I'll always remember this. John Wesley's wife, he had many kids. And her kids, she trained them that if the apron's over my head, I'm praying and I'm spending time with God. And if you interrupt me for any reason, you're going to get punished, right? She trained her whole family that I need this time with God. And if you interrupt that holy time, and she didn't have an ability to not have all the kids around, but that was their training. She honored that time with God. Do you have a time with God that is reserved for his time? I mean, the pastor calls, the governor calls, whoever calls. I'm not interrupting my time with who matters most, God. You hear what I just said? Do you have that kind of time? So your time with God is an honored time because here's what he's saying. Bring to the altar animals with mange and broken legs that we humans don't even want. We tend to give God junk. We give him our spare time. And we look around our country and we're like, what's happened? We've not made God our priority. Amen? How, does it, how do we change this? I promise it starts in your own heart. Stop giving God your junk time. Stop giving God your less than. Stop doing things to appease people. Just serve Him, your master, 100%. Give Him your best. Give Him, give him what He deserves. Your, your, everything you can give. Push it all in, man. He deserves it. Okay? Don't do anything to appease people. Appease God. Love and honor Him. Honor Him like I'm standing before a bunch of fathers. Father's Day. My dad's my hero. Honor God like you would your father. Like you would your boss. Because He's deserving of more than what I just said. You don't even exist apart from Him. Do we have to preach being all of God? Just be in awe. Don't give lame offerings. 
Don't knowingly give just to appease people. Do what honors God. I know a lot of you need to go. So the, the three sections in this passage are contempt for God's altar, contempt for God's glory, and contempt for God's law. The priests, it was their responsibility to guard the sanctuary from defilement and to inspect all sacrifices so as to exclude, for example, blind, lame, sick animals as commanded. All sorts of scripture. But they didn't. Why? They were afraid of people. They were afraid of people. They wanted to appease people. That's not the job of a pastor. Cursed be the cheat is what God's word says. The big problem, Israel was saying one thing and doing another. They vowed to get the best, yet chose to deliver the worst of the animals to God. God saw them as swindlers in their relationship. Stop seeing giving to God as weary. Do so not begrudgingly. Pray and ask God what that should be. As scripture teaches, cheerfully give. Okay? Malachi, I don't know why it's got the reputation. The book is the book of tithing. I didn't, I didn't pick the book of Malachi for that. I picked the book of Malachi because God says, honor me. And I want to tell my church, we need to honor God. We need to love God. I was going to pick Hosea, but I heard a preacher who was doing Hosea. I, I want to preach a message to say to us, honor God. Make him the most important. I look at my country, I see what's going on, and I just feel we so badly need uncowardly Christians. Okay? We need courageous Christians who are willing to stand, say some things. It might offend this, it might offend that. It may cost some things. That's just the beginning of what's coming. In the next 10, 15, 20 years, we will be just like the Bible preaches. They, they, they killed me. What will they do to you? It will get bad. But are we going to be the kind of Christians that are like, well, we already caved when there was no pressure. Well, what are we going to do when there's a lot of pressure? <laughs> right? Honor God. Everything is about honoring Him. Stand by His word. Stand for something. I don't know what to stand for, but I know this. I'll stand for this. I'll stand for his word. I don't know. I, don't, I can't point people with all my passion. I can't point people to something else. It's this. It's his word. They need him. Amen? So I say that honor God, not man, period. We see that in scripture. And you can take my notes and go further. But last thing is God's law. Don't make up your own scripture and laws. Obey and honor what God has already given us in his holy word. Don't show partiality in your instruction, but keep God's way. Be God's separate people. We are not supposed to be part of this world. How many times has it even said aliens, citizens of heaven? The whole, the whole Old Testament is saying, I called you out from apart from everybody else. You're unique. You're supposed to be unique and different. Why don't we 
Take pride in that. Take pride, church. You're not supposed to be in this world. You are God's. You're sons and daughters of God. What is your highest identity? I hope it's like what I said last week. In Christ. That's my identity. That's who I am. In him. You don't need to know about Ben Rosenberger. You need to know about Jesus. More important than Ben Rosenberger is Jesus. Okay? In Christ. I say that because this is a reality. It's a situation. We, we, we let people put pressure. We let governments put pressure. We let all these other things dictate who we're supposed to be. And everything comes from an angle to separate you from who you're called to be. You're not supposed to belong. You're not supposed to agree with every opinion. You're called to be separate. Embrace it. Love it. Thank God. Thank God that I'm separate. I'm different. You called me to be different. I'll fail many times in that separateness, but I know who I'm supposed to be. Do we know who we're supposed to be? Do we accept that? Because we need to. The country, your friends, need authentic Christians who believe in God's word. Are you that? Okay? Religion can create. We do things for people. Don't. God says, honor me. Don't do things for people. Honor him. Lay your life on the line for him. He deserves it all anyways. Amen? So I say that to you. I ask you to pray about that. Think about that. And uh, as the band comes up, I just want to say that to us this morning. I started this last time. I kind of kept going. Here's the thing. There's no one on, called on the carpet more than pastors. And God's Malachi chapter 1, verses chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 2, calls out pastors, calls out God's people who are supposed to be leading. And, and, and it's a true thing. And I just want to say, if your appetite is God, you would know, right? You would know. You know the difference. Everything's supposed to be about God. Honor God. Live a life not ashamed of the laws, not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of the cross. Who cares what our country says? Our country is aimless and going nowhere. Put your faith in something. I don't know where you're putting it. For me, it's God. That's where I'm at. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to be part of the fighting for people to know Jesus. Because people need to know God. Amen? All right. Well, we stand in that gap. Because every one of us have an opportunity the next couple days to share the gospel with somebody, to share about our faith, why we've converted, why we believe in Jesus. And there's lost people that need to hear the word of God, okay? And I just want to say to my church, share the gospel. We have a hopeless society. Give them hope. The hope is not the, the country's going to magically get better. That's false hope. The hope is you're a citizen of heaven. God has forgiven you. He's made a way for you to be right with him and you can live for eternity. I know where I'm going. I'm living for eternity. 
My citizenship is in heaven. I want you to know that security as well, okay? If you want to talk, I, I'll be here to pray for you, help in any way I can. But as a pastor, I just want to communicate. We want to honor God. Don't do things for other people. Honor him. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time, this opportunity we have to worship you, to read your word, to be reminded that our life is not supposed to be lived for approval. <laughs> it's not meant to appease people who are high up. It's meant to be lived for you. God, help us love you more. In, in this special day where we celebrate fathers, help us to just focus on what matters in life. The people that matter in our life, at the same time, God, you matter most. We want to honor you. We want to live our lives to honor you, to represent you. Unashamedly, represent our God. Help us do that. Help us be a church that focuses on that. We love you. Let me pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church Victoria podcast. Check us out at fbcvictoria.org. There you can learn more about us, watch archive sermons, or even watch our sermons live Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Again, that's fbcvictoria.org.